in brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power, orange is lust and blues you can trust, indigos feel and white ones heal, yellow scare and green ones dare. That's sci-fi love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for Hi, everybody. I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Dan Kurtzke. And I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 414. Woo! We made it. Yes, not so lucky 414. We're not based on the content, just based on 413 sounded more like an unlucky, lucky number. But <laughs> whether it was or not, only the listeners will know. <laughs> oh, uh, speaking of, uh, you, clearly Dan's back. Oh, how magical. How did that happen so quickly? Oh, great you know, planning. I, I went all the way home, slept, ate, spent a nice week with the family, then came all the way back here. But I did it for you guys and and you at home <laughs> because you demanded it so quickly. He's back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did. I did. I, I, I neglected to mention it at the end of the last episode, but I did want to bring it up. Uh, as you guys hear this, I am recovering from surgery. Hopefully, so um, uh, I still have. I, I talked about it on the show. I still have the surgery that, uh, as we record this, at least it, it's coming up on Monday the nineteenth. Um, I have the surgery coming up to remove twenty five, thirty percent of my colon. So. I am going in for that relatively soonish as we record this, and uh, as you guys hear this episode, it should be should be in in recovery and uh, trying to heal up from whatever happened with that good batter ill. So, um, I thank you guys for any well wishes you have sent in advance because I know that last time I was out. Uh, it was two ER visits, so it was more unexpected and everything, but I didn't get a chance necessarily to uh, appreciate people for their well wishes and feedback that they either left on Twitter or via email or, or whatever the case may be. So I did want to take the time out to do that in advance now that this is more of a planned surgery. So uh, thanks, everybody, for all the well wishes and positive <laughs> thoughts and everything. And uh, uh, I will be back on the show as soon as I'm able. Otherwise, uh, uh, Mark's got it from here. He's clearly shown himself as... Uh, you learned how to edit you i mean man you've you've got it all so uh this is this is uh this is well in hand and, and it sounds like you've got uh you know jim and dan and everybody else to help uh you know pick up or or, or exceed my slack <laughs> we have made we always we have major plans chad major plans <laughs> right oh, there lantern, lantern cast uh, 2.0 <laughs> chad how much will it help you recover if I just repeatedly nonstop send you pictures of Simon Baz, just text them to you <laughs> on the hour, every hour, just every well, day. Well, I do need to maintain contact with my family through this process, so I'd rather not throw out my phone. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, awkward segue, guys. But I, I did, you know, I, I didn't want to wait till the end of the episode to do it either. So uh, thanks, guys, for all that. And uh, this episode, we're actually talking about one of Dan's favorite books, and honestly, it's my favorite book of um, of the Green Lantern stuff currently out. We're talking about the latest issue of Far Sector. Yes, we are. Far Sector number eight. Go you see for how it. I took, yeah, I took that segue. That was pretty, pretty yes, professional. It's almost Far- like you podcasted about Green Lantern before. I, it's my first day. Far Sector number eight by N.K. Jemison and Jamal Campbell. So when we last left Joe, she used her ring to send her consciousness into Atville, the digital city populated by the Adat, a race of sentient AI that make up a third or so of the population of the city enduring. A group of Adat were hired to kill Counselor Averup, uh Thorne. I, forget, I keep forgetting he has the last name. <laughs> in, uh, they went to kill him in the physical world by exploiting his neural implants as a backdoor into his brain. Uh, Joe's Adat assistant, Can has manages to isolate their target while Joe overpowers them and then download the whole bunch into a secure domain where they can be held. Just in time, too, because Joe's ring is now down to 2%, which means it'll take about a week for her to fully recharge, provided she doesn't use the ring much during that time. Uh, after interrogating the prisoners, we find out that this group was responsible for, I think, all of the murders in the series so far, and it's taken a toll on them. It turns out that when an Adat takes over someone's brain and kills them, the Adat feels everything the victim does, including the trauma of what it's like to die, which is amped up by the fact that an Adat isn't programmed to be able to die. Uh, the official policy is that this experience changes and corrupts the Adat to the point that they can't be classified as AI anymore and are instead labeled as viruses. And while the public is against capital punishment, nobody has any problem at all with eradicating viruses. But now it's time to follow the money because Adats need digital content like memes to survive. You know, the more creative, the better. Content from Earth is literally a hard-to-trace foreign currency in Atville. So so whoever is behind everything has enough of it to pay for multiple murders and a warehouse full of mech suits. And not that many people have access to that kind of cash. They'll have to wait, though, because Joe gets called into a meeting with the city council, who have already replaced Avrup Thorne where they make it very clear they want to find a scapegoat for all of this so that they can avoid having to actually change anything, preferably an outsider like Joe or the remains of a long-dead alien empire. But Counselor Marth tells her in private to ask Kanaz about something called the Feelsnet and gives her a location to go to where she can finally learn the truth about what's really going on in this city. Nice. Succinct. I like it. Hooray. And I should throw in the first page, the recap page is filled with what I believe like this. They do this a lot where they make blatant movie references as Joe talks to the reader. This time is the first where it feels like it could actually be physically happening in the comic because they're in a digital space where like like reality is malleable and can has just downloaded all sorts like the matrix and shit from Joe's laptop. So they're acting out like aliens right now. And it's in my mind, like, yeah, this is probably really happening. That's true. And, and, and the reference was good too. I mean, it was appropriate, but, and, and yes, obviously there's very matrixy vibes through most, through all, through many of the 
scenes in this on the first couple of pages anyway. And and then there's the other reference, which it, it, cover your ears, listeners. I have to, I have to do it right. I gotta get up. I gotta get up right on the mic. Leroy oh, Jenkins. <laughs> now you can now you can explain that reference to Mark. <laughs> Mark, do you honestly not get that one? I may know it, but it's not ringing a bell to me. Uh, so uh, was it was it Dan? Was it World of Warcraft? It was. Yeah, so, that's why I would not get it. Yeah, so, uh, you know, since World of Warcraft is an online game, lots of people join together uh, to, like, little guilds to do the quests and stuff like that. But there's this big room of uh, a bunch of demons or whatever the hell. I I don't play World of Warcraft, so I'm not as familiar. But basically, once you open this door to go get whatever this thing that this quest wants you to do is, all hell breaks loose and everybody in the room gets attacked by a shitload of whatever is on the other side of this door. So this little guild of online players is outside, huddled up in a group, and they're like, all right, so here's the plan. We're going to go in waves, blah, blah, blah. Like, they're breaking down through their their headsets what they're going to need to do. And one of the players clearly just either wasn't listening or just came back from getting some water or something and just bum rushes the room, and he goes, all right, fellas, let's do this. Leroy! Jenkins it just runs into the room and all hell starts breaking loose and the other guys kind of stand there for a sec with their avatars and go did, did he just <laughs> and they have to run in <laughs> last minute the best part is like he just shouted his own name as his <laughs> battle cry because they're standing around somebody yells like god damn it Leroy <laughs> there's always one in every crowd yes I love it. I love it. <laughs> the George Carlin quote was quite an interesting choice. Not improper, just just interesting. Yeah, I mean, considering like I think I feel it's appropriate for like the the level that sh- that Joe has to interact with the politics of this city because it's all like I think later on in her apartment they call out specifically like so much so much crap is is hiding behind semantics and slightly tweaked terms that if you just called it what it was, it would never be allowed. Good point. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, like always, I want to praise the art on this one. Uh, just, I mean, it's fantastic all the way around. It always has been. Is it just me or does it seem like there's more detail in this issue? Uh, like, it, it, maybe it's just me, but, like, I feel like there are more close-ups <laughs> of, like, her reacting to things, so you can see the expressions on her face. Uh, then, of course, you have the, the idea that by the time she gets out, her ring is depleted, so she's not wearing her uniform, uh, and it's just in civvies, so there's that added uh, artistic bent. But I just feel like there's a lot more close-ups of her reacting to all the shit she's learning about this process after they finally caught these people. There are, and this uh, this issue does a lot of things that are are kind of unusual. Like this is one of the the more heavily combat focused scenes we've had. Like we don't we don't usually see these characters go in guns blazing like this. But like the entire first section, the entire first section is a fight from the Matrix, but cooler because it has. Well, the Matrix had superheroes too, but but like like there's a whole there's like this awesome page. I think it's on page three or four where <clears throat> it shows Can has in her Trinity cosplay extending her arm down the page, and it's like it looks like a Venom symbiote transforming into a bunch of sh- uh, digital sharks that then turn back into her whole body, and it's like there's there's so much like visually happening 
in these in, on these pages that we're not really used to seeing from what is usually a more of a talking heads book. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I I just I really enjoy our this this. I really hope I I don't I doubt they're going to do it, but I really hope that Far Sector is collected into one volume, not two. Mm. I want to read this thing all in one clip. Uh, all oh, yes. twelve all twelve issues back to back. I want to see this thing, uh, you know, really collected in that way. So uh, there's no break in the story, no break in the art. And I can just page through it and just appreciate because the art, I mean, the art is super consistent and, and the coloring, I, I've always liked the coloring on this thing. Uh, and it just remains the same here and they get to play with it a little bit more now that they're in this digital space. So, I mean, 100 percent of, of props go to Jamal Campbell because uh, not only is he doing the art, he's he's also responsible for the colors. So, I mean. Awesome. He's on the colors too. I didn't realize. Yeah. I mean, I hate the fact that it takes two months between each issue, but if that's what it takes to keep this level of quality up, then keep doing it. You know, like, like looking at that page, uh, I, I don't have page numbers, but the, um, the panel where they're looking at their prisoners like tape and he's screaming about how he felt like he died too. Like, just like that look where he's like, he's, it's like it's like shot from above and his head is like really big and like crammed in the top right corner of the panel while the rest of him is like just sort of like like clutching his fists at the very like far edge of the other end of the panel. Like there's so much like agony in that expression and it's so much creepier because it's given this like warm glowing almost angelic light 100 percent. and speaking of that panel uh same exact page uh but a uh, catty corner to that where we see can has uh, you know in this panel it says so i took over the woman the others kept lookout wipe surveillance cameras all that that plus the idea that later on can has uh says uh oh boss there's a whole underground economy and stuff from earth you're just the latest import and she's saying ha 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 she's laughing then you add in the fact oh she is that, super suspicious oh yeah <laughs> purple is so sus <laughs> just if anybody plays oh, among god. us <laughs> super sus uh now we have to explain that to mark <laughs> emergency meeting um no but anyways uh yeah the the yeah the fact that that she hasn't brought out the what what does he call the feels net or whatever the fact that she's laughing, the mm-hmm. fact that they they focus on her in that panel, um, and that look on on her face—that is, you know, I, I know it was a, a video game, a popular video game reference, but super sus. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it it really like Joe waves it off, but it's like it, it is a question of like, hey, if there if there is a whole underground industry of importing stuff from Earth, does that have to do with why Joe specifically was brought here? Like, like why, like how much, cause, cause you take the whole meme thing as just kind of like a, a joke for this entire series. And then they flat out ask, like, how are, wait, how, if earth memes are trendy here, that must mean there's a, a steady flow of them coming in. How are they getting here? And like, there's this like sinister layer of all of this that we just haven't seen, maybe because we weren't thinking to look for it. Yes, they're certainly up. They're certainly upping the ante for what's. They're building the 
the tension, which I guess they have to do because one of my one of my concerns about this book from a from a premise perspective and then as it started to play out was the fact that I, I was concerned that we were gonna we were gonna get a lot of filler in this book. I think I was I was concerned that maybe there wasn't depending how they approached it, maybe we really weren't gonna get like twelve issues really a story in this book, but it was gonna be stretched out to twelve. So you so you pointed out accurately that, that there is a lot of action in the beginning of the book, but there certainly isn't any action after that. Uh, I I I do think the pacing of the book is has slowed down a little bit. Maybe it wasn't at it it was necessary. It was no way that you, you could avoid it. But I do think the pacing was a it's maybe it's more noticeable on this issue because again all the action is crammed into like the first three or four pages, and then after that, kind of deals with some of the my. It's not really minutiae, but on some levels, it can feel you can it can feel that way. Obviously, like like we talked about the dropping hints about about what Joe's role is here and why she's there. I mean, it's probably all going to add up. There have been issues like this before that I thought it's that not a lot not a lot happens in this issue. It might be payoff and maybe payoff down the road. So that was that was a concern of mine all along. So this issue kind of this wasn't my favorite issue of certainly of the series. I I don't. Uh, I don't hate it, but it wasn't one of my favorite issues. Uh, going back to the artwork, which is always good. I guess one of the things we learned about Joe's Green Lantern ring is it must be slimming. It must be like skinny jeans slimming because we always we always joke and at least half joke about her thickness and the junk in the trunk aspect of Joe. But she's really big from, from behind and at the back end of this issue more than she has been before. Now I think we've seen her in civilian clothes before. It's just kind of, it's like kind of, it's kind of jarring a little. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just like there's some scenes where she like looks tremendously larger than she does when she's in her Green Lantern costume. And I'm not just talking about when because she, she has a trench coat on. So that was yeah. So so there are some panels where it almost looks like they like like well not real. I was gonna say it almost looks like they like they shrank the panel vertically a little bit but not it doesn't really feel that way with the other characters in it so yeah like which yeah, i don't know yeah like when she's when she, uh, the page when she's standing there and actually it's hard not to notice because it's the top left panel where basically you, you kind of like see her from a profile and then she just yeah. storms off after i mean and again this is not this is not criticism as in criticizing her body type this is just the fact that she, it that is a considerable difference in in how we've seen her it just seems like as the as the series has gone on they've been drawing her bigger and bigger and I'm not sure if there's a reason for that, but I, but just like just like I, I commented on that a few issues before, it's like I didn't really notice how they drew her from behind until few, and then also her arms and that issue and uh, how big how big and how muscular her arms were. That I just kind of I just noticed, it. and it just was kind of weird because it seems like okay, that's I know that her, you know, I know she, you know, she's obviously using the magic word thick, you know, with the thighs and the butt, and I that's her body type. We get that, but it just seemed like they really it seemed like that kind of was really out, much more out of proportion back there than she had been drawn like before. So it was kind of hard. It was kind of hard not to notice that. Um, yeah. Well, I think it like, I think in general, like once they get out of the computer, the uh, like she is drawn in uh, inconsistently in the book, in this issue, like looking at the second to last page where she's just on the balcony, like on the balcony waiting for the cab talking to chancellor Ma- Marth. Yes. Like there's like, the the first panel, the third panel, and the final panel. Like I don't like her face looks, her face and hair look different than I've seen them look in the entire series so far. I agree. So with I feel you. like I've noticed that too. Like I think, the, like it, maybe it was a deadline thing. Maybe it was 
just like an off off day or something but like there's just this this specific issue feels like it has inconsistencies that haven't been present before and i don't know i think it's more just like it's just like a fluke than anything else it's just like i don't know i don't i don't think there's a, a purpose to it i think it, that it's just this is how it ended up and nobody thought it was a big enough problem no pun intended and you're probably correct i think it's but it, it, it is, but it, but like you point, like, I'm glad I'm not the only one who noticed it because even like, again, when she's in her Green Lantern costume and you get a few views of her from the side and behind, it's like, there's no way proportionally she looks like she matches the girl at the, at, at the back end of the book. No, again, yeah. No well, it's, it's interesting that the, most of the time she spends in the Green Lantern costume, she's wearing a gigantic Morpheus coat. Right. So right. maybe, the, maybe she is drawn consistently through the whole thing. Um, that's true but but based on how we've seen her before that she that she hasn't looked she hasn't quite looked that disproportionate and i hate to use that term but it seems but it seems well if you look at that one panel when she's uh going to you know that's a thing when right right before uh she goes into her civilian clothes when you gotta get her from a viewer from the side i mean it kind of matches a little but yet on some level it still doesn't but that's enough about about joe's butt one thing i do want to say that which was a big negative for me the mansplaining panel in the oh book. from uh from yeah. Marth. uh yeah the got it that 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 uh, i'm i'm so i'm so over that term uh it's so i understand conceptually where mansplaining came from explaining something a man explaining something to a woman in a condescending fashion but we also know it's t- kind of taken on a life of its own where it can be used anytime a man is saying anything to a woman or explaining anything to a woman or disagreeing with a woman, it could be mansplaining. I think that's an. I just think it's a really condescending term. Uh, I and I don't think it helps. I don't think it helps the cause, generally speaking, to use to use terms like that. Even though I, it, I'm not saying even in the, even in the context of how she's using it, or her reaction is is 100% wrong in this book necessarily. I just it's just one of those. To me, it's it's it takes you out of the story. To me, that was just something that I saw as a negative. Chad, with us, anything. <laughs> Maybe not. I think he's gone, Dan. <laughs> I think no, he's gone. I was doing the space bar trick thing and it wasn't working. All right. Uh, no, I, that's all I really have for this one. Uh, it, it was definitely enjoyable. Uh, I don't know. I, I I didn't really get the vibe that Mark said uh, in terms of uh, you know, this one felt like it slowed down or anything. I, if anything, I felt like we got a whole lot of information out of this and, you know, we got uh, a lot more about what happened uh where the murders came from, you know, that, that it, it definitely left more questions. It answered some questions, but then just gave us a whole bunch more. So that that's definitely there. But uh, I, I definitely felt like, you know, we, we got a lot in this issue. I'm looking forward to see where we go next. Um, my overall opinion of the book hasn't really changed. It's just, uh, it's more of the same in a good way. And uh uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, the pa- the pacing of this issue was a little weird just because it started with a four-page action sequence, which we're not used to seeing, and then it became a, you know, let's sit on the couch and talk about it thing. And then at the very last page, a character that we've known since the beginning suddenly decides to hand her all the answers which he's had all along. So if anything, it feels like the pace accelerated as of the last page of the issue. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I, kind of, I kind of like, it's like a roller coaster thing. So we started, it started high, kind of we dipped, we dipped a little low and then it kind of, and I understand the information we were getting was important, but I just thought that it was, 
Yeah, I, I would agree with I think Dan Dan's assessment the way he phrased it was was perfect that it it was a little it was a little off or a little inconsistent and but it's it did salvage it at the end and I'm so I do I for me I mean not that it was horrible and needing true salvaging but I think it the very the very end was enough to kind of still lift it certainly lifted the boat higher than and anything I'm getting off the Morrison run. <laughs> oh God yeah no this is yeah. this is. They should teach this in schools compared to the Morrison run. Um, I, th- I do think like the middle of this issue got crazy dark and did, but like they're, they're so uh, they didn't have time. Like the characters themselves did not have time to sit down and process it. Like you had a scene where, where Joe to try and, and get uh, the, that, that perp to talk was like, was like brandishing a construct billy club or baton or whatever and was basically using the threat of police brutality to make him talk. Like I don't believe she would have gone through with it, but the back the fact that she thought to do it at all is disturbing, especially considering everything we know about her background. And then and that is like two pages before we start talking about you know, the local government using semantics to dehumanize someone and justify murder. Like it's like it, any other issue of this book, we would have just sat down and and devoted half the issue to either of those moments because what the fuck? Oh, my God. Yes. But because of the way it happens right right after that, all the heavy action in the beginning that, yes, you are correct. But it was a good, it was, it was good. Like, I don't want to, it was just, yeah, from my, from my take, my take is it just wasn't my favorite mm-hmm. issue of this book. I, the last, I've enjoyed the last few issues a little bit more than this, but, but it was, but it's still good. And it's certainly, again, still the best Green Lantern book we have going right now. But then again, <laughs> if, even if the Graham Morrison book was the only Graham, was the only Green Lantern book, something else would still be the best Green Lantern book right now. <laughs> we've, we've always got Legion. <laughs> oh, God. Which is a very good book. You should read it. Um, the only other thing I want to throw in is that there's uh, there's this this uh, I like this little detail that Joe need her she needs to get her brain scanned for viruses because she dove into like the digital world without any of the standard precautions the police usually use. Right, that's a thing. It's like yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> Uh, as far as upcoming issues, uh, I did this last time, so I think I'll just do it now. Uh, issue nine solicit reads Joe's investigation into the conspiracy at the heart of the city enduring takes her to platform solid ground an alien farmland where most of the city's food comes from. But what the headstrong Green Lantern discovers there shakes uh, even her to the core as Far Sector's thrilling leads of murder and machinations build to a fever pitch that is set to come out on December 6th. Now, what I'm hoping, because this this comes out every two months and future state is January and February, hopefully the schedule lines up and we get the uh the and a new issue in march instead of having some weird like well actually it'll be april now kind of thing makes sense yeah it does all right uh does anybody else have anything to say about uh, far sector number eight great cover yes 100%. the cover was cool all yeah, right Dan, no, just uh, love- pitch pitch your stuff buddy what do you got going on uh well as 
as this airs, I am working on a a oh for the uh, YouTube channel Mosaic Comics, all about Green Lantern and Green Lantern related things. I'm working on a a video about Jon Stewart and what it means for his character to constantly revisit the destruction of Zanshi. And I because I felt like that would kind of be appropriate considering going into December, we're going to be getting what what uh, Ron Mars describes as a story that's kind of kind of giving us a clear trajectory for where the character could go in the future. So, hey, why not look at the most defining moment of his past while we're at it? Uh, But other than that, I'm constantly talking about awesome Green Lantern stuff and disappointing Green Lantern stuff and everything in between. So if you have any interest in Green Lantern at all, whether it's because you love the comics or you love that animated series or you're curious about the HBO stuff, go to YouTube, search Mosaic Comics, and see if there's something you like. Sounds good. Nice. Mark, uh, if they want to reach out to us, how can they do so? Lanterncast at gmail.com. The website is lanterncast.com. You can follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Use hashtag GLCast to track us down on either of those. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. So please leave us a positive review on any of those platforms or all of them if you listen to us on multiples. Last but not least, if you'd like to text us or leave us a voicemail, 708-Lantern is that number. 708-Lantern. And let us know what you think. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Good night, everybody. Bye. Good night.